0: make sure you seek help in the right place and that's usually with a physiotherapy team that that manage uh, osteoarthritis or have experience in managing osteoarthritis because then they can guide you through uh, a program of exercises that are tailored to you to help you get stronger and fitter and, and manage your symptoms.
1: You are listening to the Synergy Women podcast brought to you by Women's Resilience Coach Nikki Hamilton. Nikki offers expertise in women's health and has an inspiring passion for helping women navigate through grief and life's challenges to help transform and build resilience with grace, courage, and authenticity. Each episode, she will explore an aspect of women's health, offering you insights on ways to build your body, your mind, and your heart health to help you rise up with resilience. In this episode, we will explore body health for women. As a physiotherapist, and a yoga teacher, Nikki has both passion and expertise to help you with your health. Welcome to the Synergy Women's Podcast. My name's Caitlin and today joining me on the show is Nicole Hamilton who's the owner here at Synergy Physio. We're going to be sharing some information about what osteoarthritis is. Nicole's been working alongside orthopedic surgeons for several years and is going to share some insight into what actually is osteoarthritis. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks, Caitlin. It's really nice to be here to share some information uh, with everybody on what osteoarthritis is and how best uh, to start managing osteoarthritic pain.
1: So let's just get started by giving our audience an understanding of what it actually is.
0: What does osteoarthritis mean? Mm. I think it's a really common misconception that osteoarthritis means um, bone on bone and it only affects uh, the joint uh, and it's a wear and tear process. Uh, and so what uh, researchers have discovered over the last sort of few years is that Osteoarthritic symptoms are actually related to a disease process that affects the whole joint. So it means that the cartilage of the joint is affected, but also the synovial fluid is affected. So the synovial fluid in the joint is what normally feeds our healthy cartilage. Uh, but also the surrounding ligaments and muscles uh, start to become weaker as well. So uh, osteoarthritis is actually a disease process that affects the whole joint, just n- not just the bony surface of the joint. And so is there certain
1: things that cause osteoarthritis or predispose people to Mm. osteoarthritis?
0: Well, they they don't actually know what, like a lot of disease processes, they don't really know exactly what causes it. But we do know that there are certain risk factors that uh, people can have, which leads them to be predisposed to developing osteoarthritic symptoms. Uh, So those risk factors essentially can be divided into what we call modifiable risk factors and non-modifiable risk factors. Uh, So the non-modifiable risk factors are essentially things that you can't control. So one of those is your genetics. So if you've got a family history or your mum and dad have uh, a history of osteoarthritis, then you've got a higher risk of developing that yourself and you can't really change that unfortunately. Uh, Other non-modifiable factors include things like past injury. So if you've had a past injury to the joint, um, any of of your joints, you can be predisposed to developing osteoarthritis uh, in that joint. And then the other side of the coin of course are the risk factors that we can modify. So the modifiable risk factors include uh, things like being sedentary. So if people are too sedentary, have uh, lifestyles that aren't active enough, uh, you can be predisposed to developing osteoarthritis. Uh, At the same time if we have excessive activity, so if we uh, have injury related to um, excessively loading our joints, that can also be a risk factor as well. Another risk factor Uh, ultimately can also be our body weight. So we've found those that have a higher body weight have a high increased risk of developing osteoarthritic symptoms and then other modifiable risk factors include things like your strength of your surrounding muscles. So if your surrounding muscles aren't strong enough to support the joint uh, you are at a higher risk of experiencing the pain associated with osteoarthritic symptoms.
1: And so this is often a common misconception, I think, that a lot of people think when they have osteoarthritic pain that they need to stop doing what they're doing. Mm. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, and I think that that comes from the belief that wear and tear will make the joint worse, so as in the more you wear it, the more you'll tear it, therefore you're better off staying still. Uh, And I think anyone who's got osteoarthritis will actually realise that their pain is often worse after they've been still. So if you've been sitting for a period of time and you've got osteoarthritis, you go to get up, you often feel a bit worse, like you you, you sort of hobble along for the first few steps before you get moving. And the same thing is first thing in the morning. So usually osteoarthritis pain is a bit worse after you've been resting. So you get up in the morning and you feel a bit creaky. Uh, So it really sort of debunks the myth that look, we shouldn't move when we've got osteoarthritis because in actual fact, when we rest, it feels a lot worse. It's much better to keep joints moving within a sort of uh, comfortable range And that movement in actual fact, what it does is help synovial fluid move through the joint, which actually helps uh, the remaining cartilage that lines the joint stay healthy. So not moving and resting is actually not such a great idea with osteoarthritis, even though it sounds like it should be. Uh, But what they found is gentle movement frequently and often uh, can help uh, the synovial fluid, but also help manage your symptoms.
1: Okay, and that's interesting to hear and I often liken that synovial fluid to the WD40 that, ah, yeah. uh, in the joint which sometimes helps yeah. patients to understand. Yeah. Um, so we now we now know the non-modifiable and the modifiable risk factors and obviously the non-modifiable, there's not a lot that we can do about those but what do you recommend doing about the modifiable
0: risk factors? Yeah, okay, so the modifiable risk factors are ultimately to try and A, see if you can lose some weight. So what we know about uh, the modifiable risk factors, one of the biggest ones is, is, is if you are overweight, it does put more pressure through your joints uh, quite significantly. So making sure that you've got a healthy weight range is really important. There's a number of ways of being able to do that, seeing a dietitian if you need to, seeking help uh, with your GP, because uh, there's various reasons that people can gain weight, and that probably needs to be managed. Um, but then ultimately what we do consider with the modifiable risk factors and trying to manage osteoarthritis is that we call it uh, the lines of defense. So we have the first line of defense to try and uh, manage our pain and that is with uh, physiotherapy strengthening exercises uh, and like I said, and losing weight and also staying active with a cardiovascular exercise program. So physiotherapists are generally uh, pretty good at making sure that they can prescribe exercise that suits each person's individual circumstances uh, and to make sure that the muscles that surround the joint are actually strong enough to support the joint. So the, the first line of defense, A, lose, make sure you lose some weight. Uh, or keep your weight in a healthy weight range. Uh, number two is to, to stay strong and that needs often the, the help of a physiotherapist to guide you as to what exercises uh, actually need to be done. The last part of the first line of defense ultimately uh, is to maintain a cardiovascular fitness because what we know is that those people that do have uh, a better cardiovascular fitness generally feel that they can manage their symptoms and manage their activities of daily living in a much better way. So that's that's kind of our first line of defense. Uh, and then if that's not managing your symptoms, we move into the second line of defense. Uh, and that ultimately uh, is looking at medications, so various medications that can help someone manage their pain or manage their symptoms. Of course, your medication is not necessarily going to change uh, the picture on your x-ray or, or your osteoarthritic uh, disease process in the joint, but it can certainly help you sleep better and help you manage your symptoms and help you stay active. Um, are second line defense uh, sort of ideas are things like orthotics or braces uh, or walking sticks and all of these things can just help offload the joint a little and help you manage your symptoms if you need that. Um, Then the the third line of defense that we then look at is looking at uh, replacement surgery, so either hip or knee replacement surgery. Uh, And I think ultimately what does happen, unfortunately sometimes, is that people leap into the third line of defense before exploring the first and second line of defense. So if you're sort of exploring surgical options and you haven't looked at a strength program, um, you're missing a really key piece that can help you manage your symptoms. Uh, And the other key piece about um, making sure you see your physio with a strength program is it can actually prepare you for surgery really well. So if you end up looking like going down a surgical pathway, you wanna be in the best shape that you can for your surgery in order to have a better post-operative outcome. Absolutely. Um, So I think making sure you work through each step by step through the lines of defense to try and help manage your symptoms is is the idea uh, that is best for people.
1: Don't go away. We've got more Synergy Women coming up. But first, let's take a quick break. Would you like to learn more about Synergy Women? Find us on social media or head on over to our webpage, synergywomen.com.au. So obviously we've got the first line of defence uh, being physio. And one common thing that I find people resist is when they have a lot of pain and they have osteoarthritis, they think, that it's obviously going to increase their pain to exercise and to work through a strength program. Can you talk about what you might be able to recommend for people with osteoarthritis so that doesn't flare up their pain?
0: Mm. Uh, And I think that's probably always really individually guided and I think what, what needs to happen, I guess... To understand is that no exercise program is ever pain-free so if you uh, ask any bodybuilder uh, who's got an amazing uh, body after being at the gym if you uh, interview them and ask them uh, how much pain did you go through to get that body and they'll always say oh yeah well i was seen a bit of pain here I had a bit of an injury there I had muscle soreness pretty much every second day of the week it's actually quite a normal thing to have a little bit of pain associated with exercise but what we need to be clear about is that the pain doesn't always always necessarily mean damage. Uh, like I say when I do my bicep curls at the gym I get a bit achy in my biceps afterwards it doesn't mean that um, I've caused myself some sort of injury it means that my muscles are growing. So ultimately to do some sort of exercise sometimes is not uh, 100% comfortable but what we do want to do is keep the pain in in a kind of manageable level and most physios will use what's called the green orange and red zone of pain for patients so the way we describe this is the green zone is is yes keep going which means if your pain is sort of zero to three out of ten during or after exercise and that's pretty normal Um, you're best off keep going because ultimately if you do nothing and you're sedentary and you sit in a chair all day because you're scared to move uh, your pain's not going to be any better with that either. Uh, So what we do know is about keeping active and strong is that you're able to function a little bit better getting out of cars get up and down stairs uh, and these are the things that you want to do in your life and to have a little bit of pain when you exercise is actually quite normal. Um, If however pain is sort of heading up to the orange zone which is sort of three to five or six out of ten then ultimately we might need to modify something we might need to change your activity or pace it out a little bit more so sometimes if it's a one hour walk that you're trying to do and you're getting into the orange zone of pain it might be better off doing two shorter walks so two 20 minute walks to pace it um, which brings your pain back down to a sort of green zone so there's there's certain ways of being able to pace and modify activity to keep it in the right zone obviously when we get into the red zone of pain then that's probably uh, not something that we're willing to accept and that's pretty uncomfortable so anything over six out of ten so we use that sort of green orange and red rough guideline in order to help modify people's uh, exercise programs and that ultimately is pretty individual so I I wouldn't normally see a hip or a knee replacement say these are the exercise recipe here's the recipe for you and that's the same recipe for everybody it's actually not Um, the amount of repetitions the amount of weight how much cardiovascular exercise to do, what type of cardiovascular exercise to do, uh, that's quite individual. And I always set off in that journey with a patient knowing that, look, along the way we might need to modify this. I might have given you too much. If I have, let's steer it back this way. Um, So we're constantly making changes to people's programs so that we can uh, help them build strength in a safe way.
1: Okay, so when it comes to physical activity and strengthening the joint, it's obviously very individually tailored. Mm. Do you find there's any difference between weight-bearing and non-weight-bearing
0: yes. exercises? Yes, yeah, so I, th- I think, as in, do you mean like swimming as opposed to... Are you talking about cardiovascular exercise? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, well, I think ultimately um, weight-bearing exercise actually helps the joint so walking and cycling are things that help uh, provide nutrition to the joint because it's the compression through the joint that helps pump sign over your fluid however I I have found that for some people walking is just intolerable they can't manage it in which case they're better off at least doing something to get their heart rate up and to get be able to uh, maintain their cardiovascular fitness in which case then we start looking at pool based programs which are also excellent because you still move the joint through a range uh, in the pool which is a little bit more of an off loaded position so I really guide that uh, depending on uh, people's individual circumstances. Great mm.
1: and do you find that there's any particular advice that you'd give if someone is at home with hip hip or knee osteoarthritis have you got any particular advice or some way to guide them in the right track?
0: Yeah so I, I think the first piece of advice that I would give um, would be number one don't be too worried about your x-ray findings this is it's a, it's a really common thing for uh, patients to go to their gp or go to their orthopedic surgeon and to, to be told a it's bone on bone and you're in major trouble here uh, and it sets alarm bells off in every patient and understandably because as soon as you think god it's bone on bone i'm in trouble i, I definitely need surgery um you, you, your body and your brain start panicking <laughs> Um, What they've found in the research, in actual fact, and we've all, and you've probably found this as well in your own patients, is that um, people can present and their x-rays look terrible, like there's very little joint space, um, and they're functioning actually pretty well, and their pain is manageable, they're sleeping reasonably well, yeah they can't go for a long run, but they can walk and they're managing. Um, We've seen other patients whose x-rays actually don't look too bad, Uh, but they're in in a terrible way. They can't get up a flight of stairs and they can't get in and out of a car. Um, So what we know is that the x-ray findings aren't necessarily indicative of how you're functioning. So um, the x-ray findings are just a piece of the puzzle. They're not the whole picture. Uh, Another way I like to to put this is if you can imagine a, a bucket of water with a tap dripping in it, uh, once that bucket gets full and starts to overflow, that's when people experience pain. So your x-ray findings are, are one tap that drips into the bucket, but the other taps that drip in are, are how strong you are, what your cardiovascular fitness like is like, what your body weight is like, uh, what footwear you're wearing, uh, what mood you're in, what stress levels are like. There's, there's so many other things that can affect someone's function. So I would say if you've been told that your x-ray is bone on bone and there's no hope, the first thing I'd say is, look, try to put that in perspective and not be alarmist about that because there are plenty of people with bad x-rays and they're functioning pretty well. Um, So, And then the next piece of advice I would always give uh, to someone is to make sure you seek help in the right place. And that's usually with a physiotherapy team that that manage uh, osteoarthritis or have experience in managing osteoarthritis because then they can guide you through uh, a program of exercises that are tailored to you to help you get stronger and fitter and, and manage your symptoms.
1: And obviously while we're at home in isolation, uh, during this COVID period, is there anything that you could particularly recommend for those wanting to start a program at home? Yeah, so
0: yeah, so there's there's quite a few of of course resources, and we have our own resource here called the Healthy Hip Program. Uh, so we do offer that in the clinic uh, normally, which involves uh, one-on-one physio consultations and then uh, group classes that tailor uh, with individual tailored exercises that you can go through with a group. Uh, but we also offer um, ideas with that online as well. So if you go to our shop page uh there's some online resources for people to help them manage their uh, arthritic symptoms
1: that's great and i'll pop that in the show notes as well
0: all right so
1: i think that concludes everything uh for today do you have three key messages for our listeners that you might be able to go through just to finish off
0: Okay, so the three key take-home messages for managing osteoarthritis. Uh, The first one would be uh, to keep in a healthy weight range as best you can, uh, because that's one of the key things that they've found can make arthritic pain worse. So first key message, keep in a healthy weight range. Next key message, keep moving. Uh, So we know that uh, staying still and being sedentary is definitely a risk factor and makes you worse. If you find that moving too far or too much is too hard for you, then just break it up into short little moments. So a 10 minute walk or a five minute cycle, but keeping moving is absolutely essential. Uh, The last key message is to stay strong um, and you need to stay strong in the right muscles and that needs to be guided with a physiotherapist. So if you've got knee arthritis, you need really strong quadriceps and glutes. If you've got hip arthritis, you need really strong uh, gluteal muscles as well. So making sure you see a physiotherapist who can guide you with uh, the right strength any exercises that you need to do for yourself uh, to try and help you manage your symptoms
1: great that's really helpful hopefully that'll um, help some of our listeners today and thanks so much for joining us on the show
0: thanks so much Caitlin it's really nice talking to you
1: if you like what you've heard it'd be great if you could rate and review this podcast from wherever you are listening and don't forget to click subscribe so you'll be notified when we release our next episode